and now on the next one. <laughs> Welcome. I like rotated my chair and just swiveled into the next episode. Wow, I wish I could see that, but yeah, it's um, like time travel, basically. Let's uh, talk about yeah. this weird fucking movie, dude. Yeah, this was a really weird movie. I really I should have told you though. that before before getting into it. I told you, I think nothing about this movie. So no, you went literally in zero. Pretty new to it. Yeah. Wait, have you watched this we movie watch before? Any? Uh, actually, yeah. So yeah, we um, I did watch this once a couple years ago, like a while ago. To the, yeah, just kind of uh, saw it on a streaming service and saw it was directed by one of my favorite directors, uh, Denis Villeneuve. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about this week we watched the movie Enemy, um, directed by Denis Villeneuve, like I just said, um, starring Jake yeah, Gyllenhaal, and starring Jake Gyllenhaal, who plays kind of you know okay I, I think we'll start off by saying spoilers of course for this discussion um if you haven't seen the movie then maybe check it out but if not if you don't care then stick around um jake gyllenhaal plays two versions um or two characters kind of in the in the movie um and you know relatively small cast independent film shot in my hometown of toronto and uh, yeah, I wanted to introduce Cheney to a Canadian film and maybe see that, you know, we'll, we'll explore some Canadian films in this episode. So that's all I told him. This was a Canadian film directed by but Denis. You know, obviously you were you're very hyped for Dune coming out soon. And uh, we obviously also couldn't talk about Mank because I fucked up and the movie's not coming out this month. So what were your what were your good getting into it kind of thoughts of this movie? Uh, going in, I knew why I was watching this movie. I was watching it to better understand Denis directing style. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I watched Blade Runner, uh, his version, and um, was fairly impressed with his his ability to um, capture the love of the original Blade Runner. Um, but it, w- it it wasn't entirely an original story um, for him to direct. There was pre-established things that he could harken back to and um, this was more of a pure cinema experience where he could really stretch out his legs and do some cool stuff with regards to directing so i i immediately went in looking at how he utilized the shots his color composition and um and, and all those little things like that because I knew he would pay attention to those um, and I was I was very impressed with his directing style throughout the entire movie it um, his use of shadows and lighting with regards to the two different Hall characters was immediately apparent there's this mm-hmm. contrast between them that he displays through his shots not just through the story obviously the writing helps but um writing can only take you so far if you're talking about filmmaking you need to have some type of uh, directorial style to emphasize the writing as well um, so with regards to like uh, is it it's Adam and Anthony are the two characters Adam is the history professor yeah. Anthony yep. is the weirdo who's also a pseudo Actor. movie star B C movie D movie star D um, movie yeah with regards to Adam, he uses like a lot of yellows. He uses a lot of shadows in the shots. Um, there's not a whole lot of lighting. It's it's a very dark, somber 
shots that he uses versus mm-hmm. with Anthony, which are usually all bright and yeah, um, well lit in focus kind of. and um, yeah, and even credit to Jake Gyllenhaal especially like he plays two different people in this movie like crazy good. You mm-hmm. never think of them as the same actor playing two different characters. You just look at them as two different characters. So it stands out like especially clearly when they're in like the um, same when they're in the same yeah, room together. Like, there's a lot of you know? stuff throughout this movie <laughs> that I was extremely impressed with with regards to just the director style. Like he just he just you just knew there was a lot of love put into certain shots. Um, and yeah. I can go into more specifics, but um, in a in a little bit. But I want to hear if you have anything on that. Uh, I forgot what I was just saying. Yeah. Uh, no, I completely agree with you. Uh, I, I think this is like a kind of a director's, uh, kind of project, you know, a more personal project for him, uh, less than a story kind of passed down to him like Blade Runner. So I'm glad you went in with like those kind of less expectations of, of a, you know, an entertainment movie, more of a studying who's kind of making the piece um i think it's very stylistic it's a very stylistic movie he relies so much on things you mentioned like his color use of color palette shadows light cinematography and you know you picked up on i think like pretty much everything that he wants you to pick up on things like where do these characters live uh what kind of which illustrates you know what kind of people there are the two different versions of Jake Gyllenhaal, um, you know, it's less relying on dialogue to tell you anything, less relying on even, like, interactions. There's very few interactions almost until somewhere in the middle, kind of halfway through the movie. So, you know, he his visual language is what he relies on, and that's kind of carried through set design and color and shot compositions, things like you mentioned. So from that standpoint i was like this is just a really strong director's piece um it's to be honest my least favorite of villeneuve's work personally and that's just a you know a testament to all of his other films because i think from here like it just gets better and better and this is for me a really strong piece in like understanding like and feeling not more just more than understanding but feeling like tone and kind of tension building in a story as it unravels yeah, and you're it's, kind it's, of you feel like you're kind of in the it, middle of the story you can tell the tension you know what i mean immediately the, the tone setter for the, like even the opening shots within the movie um he's got the really weird score choice throughout the entire film um it's 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 not consistent it's it's not consistent either it's it's and that's not a bad thing because it's really like, yeah really weird score. when the score it's hard comes to identify and it's completely different to what you heard before it yeah. immediately adds this sense of uneasiness and there's a, this sense of uneasiness throughout the entire movie um mm-hmm. even like the like the way yeah go ahead yeah us even with the use of color i want to just quickly add that in because you know living in toronto and just living in southern ontario my whole life never once have i seen yellow and green skies like that before so he immediately he wants to unsettle you like from an atmospheric level you know that this is just almost like you're about to walk into a parallel world of a mirror world of yeah it's own, you know it, this isn't um it's this setting, isn't it sets off expectations show immediately if you want to speaking. get people to come visit 
Toronto or the GTA in general. Um, it's no, it, it, it paints the, especially with when we're following Adam, sure, every yeah. shot with not Adam the friendliest looking place um, is painted as though it's like this weird, not post-apocalyptic, but like this dreadful mundane world that he lives in versus yes exactly i was like this yeah. looks like a russian it, city man and it reminded me of like a soviet russia kind of a city i didn't re- <laughs> yeah i didn't realize toronto had that many brutalist buildings like it definitely does like i in you know in the apartment scenes that they shot at it reminded me of like the apartment i grew up in like from the outside no no kidding and i was like this this seems familiar but at the same time it's uh it's restrictive. They don't it's like, show it's, any uh, of the pretty parts of Toronto. Different. It seems really different. They seems show really all weird. the the, the uh, suburbs, yeah. the, the <laughs> bulks really, of concrete. Uh, that those types of places. And the only like really nice building they no. show are those apartments out in Mississauga that Anthony takes place in. And that's another like yeah pure like everything like everything in Adam's house is yellow and brown. Everything yeah. in Anthony's house is black and white. It's bright. It's it's everything. The yeah. Mm. yeah it's it's immaculate and it's even yeah, it looks like an ikea way. kitchen compared um, to like everything uh, in like anthony's house, house is shot like from like you know? a standard it's, eye level like this is how normal people stand within the house but everything within yeah. adam's house it's like it's below him it's like behind a counter there's stuff creaking into the frame it's like there's such a contrast in the directing style between looking at two different characters that i, I can't help but feel it's obviously intentional and it was done this way um for Denny to to just show for sure there's okay yeah so I want to get into the story a bit and kind of like question yours while also questioning my own understanding of the story because it you know I think this is a film deeply like indulged with symbolism and motifs reoccurring motifs uh it's kind of a cryptic story you know I I'm I'm wondering if you if you got the full blast of the story and understood it immediately in that first viewing because even in a second viewing I'm like re kind of configuring my previous assumptions and previous like understandings of the characters and like there's I think that maybe by design or or just by a really trippy story you know it's um, really weird it's I don't know if that was the intentional way or not but I'm wondering how I saw it you at interpreted first, I the story it was pretty as straightforward that there's just these two guys that look identical and there's got to be some sort of story behind that um with regards yeah um whether that's like there's some deep-rooted cloning Mm -hmm. thing yeah from a premise level it's a really simple premise but the more the story goes on and the weirder it gets and trust me you know Mm -hmm. i know you know it gets fucking weird um some straight up like porn hub kink shit going on here wife swap style um it's just hmm. the more i think it's it's less of a difference between two people physically and it, it's more of a difference yeah. between two <laughs> people psychologically if that makes sense so to to the point to where i think that adam and anthony are actually the same person i agree i completely agree with you and it's it's yeah. like a fight club situation yeah yeah Oh, there you go. You you got to where I wanted to get to. Daddy. It's basically like a fight club situation, but without the fighting. And 
Yeah, without the like gruesomeness of Fight Club, but it it's kind of the same story, you know. It's kind of it's not the same movie, but it's similar. Like, um, I I, I was kind of heading in that same direction, in it, as you were, you know. I was thinking, is this like a sci-fi story? As it was going, as the uh, you know clues were kind of unraveling, um, the first part that got me was in the beginning how you know they kind of subvert your expectation when they're first start talking to each other, when Anthony and Adam first start talking to each other and then the wife starts to clue in on things and she starts getting suspicious. And at first I thought to think like, yeah, this is just really, you know, a simple woman, like a simple wife who's just worried if her husband's cheating on her and they play it off like that for a while. Um, And then it was like that first interaction that she has with Adam at the university where I started looking at it like, oh, this is... This is like a story almost through, not through her eyes, but where she is like an, a part of the audience kind of watching this unravel. Like she is very much a participant in this. Like I thought it was one, an interesting choice that she, it, it kind of, she was the one to break that, that confrontational line. Like she was the first person to interact with the quote unquote clone, the other person. And it, it like if you rethink about that scene, no. if you reread that the, scene, here's it's the like way I where she figures down. out her her um, husband is kind of. I think she up. knows like her she, husband. He kind of has some up. problems, you know. Um, yeah. So here's the thing: when mm-hmm. when she mentioned the other girl, here's my sort of. Oh, you think she knew the whole Anthony time? Anthony was like the, from the first beginning. guy that she. Oh. Or sorry, Adam was the first guy that she knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the original personality that she met and fell in love with. And the one that got her pregnant. Right. Like he's the original um, personality. Or wait, is it the other way around? Mm-hmm. I think it might have been Anthony was the person that he, that she met, got pregnant and like fell in love with. But then Anthony sort of split off from himself and became Adam and started living another life, not knowing that he was living another life and he met another girl. And then she perceived that as cheating um in the beginning but like adam sort of went off on his own thing and then he sort of was living two lives um and the wife sort of just played along knowing that you know this is the man i love but he's just fucked up this way and the whole movie is about adam and anthony coming back together and becoming that single person again Mm -hmm. um and that's how i that's how I kind of pictured it looking back at the, at the older scenes when she's visiting him at the university and, and she's like, she can't believe it. Like this is the man that she actually fell in love with. Um, and not the one that turned, that turned into. And then when he came over, um, when the whole wife swapping situation was going mm-hmm. on and I, and she knew, obviously she knew mm-hmm. cause she said, I want you to stay because he'd been gone. That, that man that she loved had been gone and he wanted she wanted yeah, him to yeah. stay. She didn't want to lose him again. Um, yeah. It, it, and it was just this, when looking back, it's like, this is actually like such a sweet moment because mm-hmm. she finally got the man that she loved back and not this weird psychopath. Yeah, it was a really happy ending for her. Right. It was like a happy ending for her. Yeah. For It was in one way, yeah, like a kind of parallel ending there. But for her mm-hmm. and like that relationship side of things, it was a happy ending. She got 
the family or that she wants or the husband that she wants. Uh, whereas the the version of him that was uh, a womanizer or a cheater or whatever died off in, in a metaphorical sense or in, who knows, in a physical sense, who knows? It's unclear. But here's what, about what you just said. I would kind of disagree with you on one part of that. I do think that that, that was information, like that was new information given to the wife. Uh, I think that was like that scene where she sees him for the first time um, is like a complete mindfuck for her and where initially she might have just been thinking, oh, this guy's a cheater and he's cheating again, like he's he's in an affair with somebody again. I think at that point she understands this is like a greater problem than just a guy cheating, you know, like even because if you think about it, he didn't recognize her and that set her off like that. I can remember it because it was shot like almost like a horror film. Like it was like a slow pan on her face and like just a shock of dread on her face. You know, it looked like she just um, she was like in a pure state of shock to to see him there in his place of work and then call him after. And then, you know, just realizing that she's talking to two different people who are occupying the same body kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's 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 an interesting scene because on a first viewing, it, it purposely wants to throw you off. You know, it by like it wants you to think she's meeting Adam, not Anthony. Um, you know, whatever, because it's even con- confusing me now as I'm talking about it. But it she it makes you want to think that um, Anthony is like a completely separate person somewhere else in the world. Uh, but this is like I don't know. It's kind of it's. I'm like lose. I'm trying to keep track of it as I'm talking about it. I'm not trying to lose track of this train of thought. But the way I see this movie, almost um, maybe not in a liter- literal sense, but from the beginning, you know, in the beginning where yeah. he has a he has that key and it unlocks the door into this sex club. Okay, that's all we can really say about it at this point. It's the world's fanciest, weirdest sex club of all time, and it's like a really weird kind of. I'm just gonna assume like symbolic, metaphorical scene of like. A naked lady is about to crush the spider and then he wakes up um and the end of the movie right if you remember it's him getting a key in the mail as adam as uh you know as the kind of less confident version of himself but more willing to be with his wife i guess you know in a character sense and at the end he goes oh yeah i'll i'm going out tonight you know i'll see you i'll see you later or whatever it almost reminds me or it, may, it almost makes me think like that's the moment where the split happens like this could be like a loop that he puts himself into you know first he started off as this guy adam which was a good husband you know like whatever a decent husband maybe not too confident in himself a regular teacher and you know going back to the dialogue in the beginning well, when we're introduced to Adam, he's at the university giving a lecture and he's talking about patterns and constantly reliving patterns and and it even shows that scene twice, like as if, you know, this is a routine, giving the same lecture every day to a different class, just following a routine, following a pattern. So it makes me think like this was his life and he was got so bored of it, so used to it for so long, whatever. One day he cheated and maybe out of guilt or whatever, or maybe not one day he cheated, but one day he got this invitation to this sex club thing. And he saw it and like blew his mind as, you know, a repressed married man that wanted to explore his sexual whatever desires so he like splits himself off into two people so one person can carry on his sexual fantasies with Mm. the french woman while the other guy lives a 
life at home as as a shitty husband essentially you know what i mean so i i almost see it as i know that was kind of long but i almost see it like this is a act of a cyclical act like at the end he's not necessarily or they're not necessarily in a happy relationship immediately you know because there's that moment where he gets the key and he's like oh yeah i'm gonna go to this place so you can almost sense like this is something that's gonna happen again like he's gonna become a douchebag to his husband to his wife mm-hmm. again gonna cheat and on no, his wife no, again normally but there's go one that, the whole phase it was thing, a smaller you know? scene when he called that, that was my interpretation at least and she recognized um, his voice um I was surprised at how invested she was in finding out who this other guy was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I think that she had experienced this before and she was sort of a victim of the circumstances of this like multiple personality disorder um, was she sought out to see if she could find out the truth with regards to this guy because mm-hmm. maybe she's been waiting a long time, you know, months at this point to find out if her husband was ever really going to come back and she needed to take that chance to figure out <clears throat> to figure out if that was true or not and and so she could sort of not enact a plan but maybe eventually seize an opportunity to eventually get her husband back you know what i mean i don't know man she seems like the hero of the story I think you might be reading into the the wife character a bit too much because she's not the hero of the story. I don't know. She's not. <laughs> I know she seems like it. She's 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 a great character in the story for sure. Uh, I don't like I don't know who that actress is, but she was actually really good in this movie. Um, but no, I don't know. I would disagree with you on that. I think you might be reading into a bit of the wife too much. I don't think she I think she's there to kind of remind us that uh, like there was a stable man once and like even she's lost sight of that you know like kind of because there's to what you said i don't think there's any indication that she's trying to do anything to bring him back i think the only thing that happens is at the end when she realizes oh he's back to kind of his what what he once was she's like stay like be here with me now like don't go back to whatever you know and so to that indication i felt that this is just her realizing that Man, there's, uh, maybe he's changing at that moment. I'm going to have to look into this movie and, some more. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. But that, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. that. That's the thing. I don't think there's, like, I don't think there's a right. I think both of us have an aspect of right in our, in our interpretations because it's a super, like, m- multiple viewings, multiple interpretations kind of a movie. Like, it's... It, it, it'll benefit from multiple viewings is, is what I'm trying to say, you know? Um, yeah. I think, I think it's, it's a really well-crafted film. And, and one of the scenes I like, I, I've really liked and that highlighted the whole twist perfectly for me. And I, I'm wondering if yeah. you kind of caught it too, was the scene where he's having uh, like breakfast, I guess, with his mom. And um, that's kind of where the line is blurred. The I was really confused. The that's kind of, when both characters' lines are, or both characters, I thought it was one, Adam at first. You know, but then you mentioned the movie the, thing, but like, oh, you as an audience, oh, yeah, yeah, Anthony. exactly. You as an audience must be like looking back, is like, oh no, that was Adam, and it, it, it's just like, oh, yeah. okay. Then the puzzle yeah. pieces start to get put together, and then I looked at the MDB, and exactly. it said the his mother's name was her, her his mother, or the, the the character's name was Adam's mom and Adam's wife, 
not Anthony's mom and Anthony's wife. Well, I didn't look at it during the movie. I looked at it. <laughs> so that gave away the movie for you. Yeah. yeah. So that was yeah, it. There's lots of little. There's so yeah, yeah. No, but that confirmed it. That this, was like, movie oh, so that's what was going on. Um, so many little things to pick up on um, throughout the movie. Yeah. That, you know, these people are the same person. Um, the fact that like they've, they're never, there's never any witnesses to them being in the same room. It's, mm-hmm. it's always just them. So you can never tell for sure. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's, you can imagine there's also it's like a fight club kind of a situation where it's just one guy talking to himself over and over again. Um, with regards to the, <laughs> with the spider. I am so confused by the spider. Oh, yeah. Let's get into that. A lot of symbolism. Okay, a lot of motifs. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have an interpretation about it. Yeah, also because I did read into it after. So um, this is an accumulation of like other people's readings plus my own. Uh, So I'm not just ripping off like the internet or anything. I'm kind of under the impression that like the spider represents like the women in his life, I think, and his kind of repression of himself. It's like I think it tied the spider ties in two symbols or two motifs. Um I think one is his kind of like his almost like he doesn't want to be in a relationship, but he feels compelled to be in a relationship. So the spider is like a a threat to him in that sense, like a threat to his masculinity, like what a relationship does to a man's masculinity in that sense, you know? Um, uh, and I think like that's illustrating like that first scene, you know, you show the woman about to stomp on the spider and then he wakes up when like just as she's about to stomp on it. So it's I think it's a constantly changing reference. Like it's not always one thing, but I think in his mind, because you're every time you see a spider, it like either cuts from him or to him. So this is in his mind, like what is he interpreting from it? Like what is he thinking? And I think it's uh it's always directed at coming off an interaction with a woman. You know, it's always some kind of a turn in his characterization or, or in, in his... Mm, that makes sense from uh, even a biological standpoint, if you want me to get into that. In his, like, relationship because with it's, women. Because it's common I mean? within in, spiders in the, to where um, when a male approaches a, a female sure, spider yeah, to mate, it. it's either the female will accept him or she will straight up eat him. So it's um, it, it makes sense of that aspect where you can view this woman that mm. you do want to, you know, you are compelled by nature as a means to pursue this, but um, there is some sort of unsung danger to in, in doing so. And that must be some type of fear that he has that I guess sort of interpreting it as I go, mm-hmm. um, led him to his personality split to where he's lived in this, he's got this sort of dichotomy in his life between commitment and mm-hmm. doing what is right and, and the compelling thing to do versus um, what is maybe what he feels is the more safe thing to do. Right. 
Right. I, I, yeah, and I think this follows along like with one of my favorite thematic stories in any kind of like literature, story, film, whatever. It's like the duality of man and like the exploration of that, right? I think that's what we're dealing with here, and that's what you're kind of talking about. Is like there's two sides of the you know archetypal man or whatever how you want to think about it, but there's the duality of that in that sense. There's the the warrior kind of. There's the guy who has to go out and uh, hunt and and protect his his home and do all those kind of things. The confident, strong man. Um, and then there's the there's the side of that that like questions that you know there's the there's the side of it that is subdued that is uh less less aggressive less like kind of those things and that's represented in both the Jake Gyllenhaal's essentially that we see um it's it's like yeah it's I don't know if we're gonna get a concrete answer out of what this movie is about and I don't think it's meant to give you that I think this is like uh just gonna spur off into a lot of different kind of theories and discussions and I I could go as far as like kind of characterize this you know the original adam character of like what his whole deal is i think i have a sense of like his his story because there's in like every time the spider motif is used like i was trying to notice where it was in place and like how it was used and there was oftentimes there was a like a woman with the head of a spider there was that one time used right um with just an ongoing woman passing by then there was after the scene with his mother, there was the giant spider kind of um, t- on top of the city, on top of the downtown of Toronto. And so it just furthers my understanding that, yeah, like the spider is linked to his connection to women, but also further something about it's, control. Yeah, it's a something duality about, between what you see. Yeah, like I think something about control over him. Types of men that sort of uh, are the generalized of. Uh, on society where you have the 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 family man the man that's committed the man that's you know the maybe the breadwinner bread breadwinner um the one that's maybe perceived as the the right type of man in general for society um which you know we're we're compelled to eventually follow and then you have the other side of manhood which Mm -hmm. is the one you know the bar hoppers the ones that crawl at night the ones that try to pick up girls the ones that are trying to really um explore their sexuality in that way and it's um it it, it seems to be maybe the basis of this movie or this story in general i know it's i know it's um it's uh based off a novel but um i did read an interview with denis where he did say like the the spiders were sort of a highlight of femininity um and and how that can be threatening in some instances so uh, it does seem like the whole premise of this movie is based around the, the dichotomy of masculinity within a wider society range. And the split personality is just a really interesting way of exploring that within the medium of cinema. For sure. Yeah, it's less of a story about like mental mental health or mental illness or anything like that. It's less of a psychoanalytic story, but it's more of a it's like what the movie calls itself a psychological thriller. It's exploring psychology and exploring um what like society's labels are, I guess. Like you put it perfectly kind of like the generalized sense of a man and and you know the thematic duality of the man. It's a classic it's a classic that kind of story, duality of man. 
um, in the vein of Fight Club, you know, but less Fight Club. And um, yeah, the, I know the general consensus yeah, it was, maybe is, overall. Is I think I like the movie, it is and I think you like the movie too, right? From, from what I'm getting from you, um, I was left pretty damn confused by the end. You could really got to look into this one, um, but overall, well, yeah, I yeah for sure. Um, but overall, like yeah, it was honest to god. There's a, a handful of people I would I like recommend this movie. Glued like the, right. the the emphasis on the thriller. My heart was racing in so many different scenes throughout this um the, the at the ending sequence between um when anthony was taking adam's girlfriend out for a, mm. a night of love making at the hotel and uh, adam went to his wife's place um i was like mm-hmm. I, I didn't blink i don't think because of the 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 tension within those scenes and i was just like this is it was relentless Mm-hmm. it was relentless like the editing just was back and forth like just wanted to show you everything of what was going on in both times like yeah it was it was uh kind of like you had to keep up with it at that point you know from it's a contrast to the beginning where i felt like um and i'm hearkening back to my even my first time viewing i felt like okay i gotta hold on for a bit to see what this movie is about it, it wasn't until really for me like the moment they meet each other um one-to-one when things really get interesting or or maybe when the white when the wife meets adam um like that kind the first conflicts and and once that happen happens then the tension is just it's relentless like it's uh and i yeah like i think that's the main thing i think to get out of this movie for you is like denise directing style is heavily heavily induced on tension and delivering that kind of tension through like you know some people would say like comparatively to Blade Runner it's a slow paced movie or it's a slow film and I don't get that I think when that's done well that comes off as you know maybe for some people it it could be slow or whatever that's fine but I think that's a, a like the language of tension it's like you're not getting tension by fast paced fast moving scenes it's it's taking your time and sitting in sitting in the set with the characters and like really breathing in the atmosphere um and each shot i think through composition through like you you mentioned all the traits lighting like atmosphere uh color uses everything like that wants you to feel unsettled in every frame so it's that's yeah this is Denis Villeneuve's i think like first or second big film but i I, i'd be really excited to talk more about i'd love to explore and and just see smaller stuff before uh, different kind of different kind of movies eventually and obviously will uh, blow up with dune because i do think based off of his success with blade runner which actually wasn't really a a success from the overall movie standpoint but i'd say it's a success from his directorial standpoint um that dune's in good hands yeah, and, in a box office um, standpoint, I can't help but feel excited mm-hmm. that it's going to be some. I, I know these are like crazy high expectations, but I can't help mm-hmm. but feel excited that it's going to be some type of generational movie, um, a, a movie that's going to. So, um, it, it's going to be interesting to mm-hmm. to I'm, go back. I'm already and getting those. What yeah, I'm made getting those vibes already. Um, what will be carried over to eventually his big time movie directing roles? Um, it, it's it's definitely something that I don't want to miss. So 
um, to go back and sort of see where it started before it even starts, I think will do nothing but benefit me in terms of mm. appreciating eventually what Dune will be. So, yeah. I think actually he's like uh, another film he made earlier to this was uh, the one that kind of put him put him on the map, so to speak. It's a French film, like a French Canadian film. It's a French language, um, shot in like the Middle East and stuff like that, and it's called Incendies. Um, I have not seen it yet, and I, I've I've wanted to see it. I just can't find it uh, where it's like accessible. I haven't been able to find it. So um, yeah, I'd, I think I'd be like happy in a future to do some episode, more we want to talk stuff, about even you, we want to talk about recently. earlier works. We can um, for sure talk about that film later. Uh, on. I haven't. No. No, I haven't. Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen Sicario, of his? No. Yeah, you haven't seen much of his his work. Eh? So yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's like this is um speaking to everybody listening now and you too, Cheney. This is a like a wor- director worth following, I think. Just and uh, in anticipation for Dune, if you're anticipating that, or just want to see some really high quality films, um, tension filled films for like the most part. I think he doesn't make comedies. He doesn't make adventure driven movies or like. Uh, even in the sense action-y driven movies um, even if his movies do have action they're all about tension and inducing a sense of like tension and dread um, so it's it's some of my favorite of all-time films Sicario being like up there um, as one of my all-time favorites like films ever crafted with like my favorite cinematographers made that movie uh, Roger Deakins so from a from a camera point of view and lighting and all those kind of technical things it's brilliant like i'm sure you even got it in a sense in this movie and you'll you'll see this kind of language carried through he has um he's not like too fond of lighting you know like in 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 a sense of overusing lighting or using lights he's okay with having a scene dark and having a lot of dark shadows covering actors covering faces um it's it's not typical of hollywood filmmakers or big filmmakers to light scenes like that i think it's one of my favorite things because it makes scenes look natural it looks scenes like it makes sets feel uh feel real it makes, i think it just you know, adds depth the frame it's feels just, more real and more it dramatic, is my big thing it's just emotional. Like, i'm not just watching uh, some so yeah like I, I mean talking i'm watching going back to like a, what, an art piece not exactly, to get so yeah. like artsy about it but yeah like there's there's definitely some like there's you know lighting an actor's face and then there's what then he does right he i feel like he it's not that he doesn't care about lighting. I think that he cares about it a lot more, and he's more particular about it. Um, yeah. Mhm. Yeah, that's the way to put it. Yeah, the the detail is there, and it's um, it's not that the lack of the light because you know it's uh that iceberg metaphor where the tip is like you, when you only see the tip of the iceberg and there's still a big iceberg beneath it, like that's really a big metaphor for filmmaking because there's a lot of behind the scenes gear and technical shit going on to make a frame look like what it looks like. So I have no doubt that like what's going on to make those frames look as good as they do is, is big. But um, yeah, that's just a testament to how, how he makes his movies. Like it looks so, well like well polished like clean like we're really um carefully crafted films each each frame each dialogue is not like 
a wasted dialogue or a wasted shot. No, I think I know? got out um, what I needed to get so out. So that's that's my take um, on, on this Denny, movie. Great job. Is there anything else Story you'd like to add on this one, Cheney? Interesting. It's not really particularly about a plot. It's more about um, just a, a general commentary on something that I think we kind of flushed out in this episode. So um, overall, I I definitely recommend this movie to people. Mm-hmm. I would, I would too. Like I said, the, uh, I, I'd be weary with who I'd recommend this to and in what circumstance. Yeah, this like, was my, uh, like this was my Sunday. Looking hang. for a Friday night adventure action movie, then this is not that movie. Um, maybe Fight Club, but this is. There you go. Yeah, this is a. It's a good. It's like a quiet Sunday movie. Or yeah, it's um much more somber kind of introspective there you go that's the word much more introspective at this point movie. um but with that i think we're gonna end our monumental episode 34 and 35 sorry we just recorded i'm t- i gotta time travel back now and fix that shit but yeah we got this is episode 35 so if you haven't already also check out our the mandalorian recap episode 34 um and let us know what movies you'd like us to talk about next, like going on in the show or what series you'd maybe want us to watch or catch up on. And we're always open to suggestions. Our, our message boxes are open. Our uh, Instagram, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Our Instagram is at Mythic Morons. So, you know, we always love talking to people on there and extending the phone conversations onto that onto that platform or whatever. And extending our our conversations there so hit us up if you, if you want oh, to share thank you, any, thank you. anything uh, make sure to follow us uh, at mythic morons on both instagram Chaney, i'll let i'll let YouTube. you do the clothes you're so good adding, um our content to youtube and uh, yeah we like to post short clips on instagram and and we like to talk to you guys so please do and if you're listening on either spotify apple podcast google play make sure to give us a rating it does help a lot it gives us more exposure um we're not really you know, doing this for the exposure and the money. We're doing this because we are just two bros that like to talk about movies, but we'd like to sort of grow this community and and sort of expand outwards. So that'd be super helpful, but yeah. Um, And with that, uh, this is Chaney signing off. Yep. Peace from Sid and stay tuned for the, for the next Mando episode or Mando discussion that that'll for sure happen. And maybe we'll, we'll think of a movie also to talk about in the part time. So stay tuned for the next episodes. And with that, we are cutting.